if you are if you are coming for the first time, what they are saying is that did you read the chapter of the scripture we are looking at? What did you read it? And you have contribution, sister. What scripture is it? Are you contributing on? Good. All right. So you can go ahead. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So let me take us through um, Isaiah chapter 6 and chapter 7. Last, um, Jeremiah. Sorry, Jeremiah. I'm, I'm, I'm really pardon me, Jeremiah. Let me take us through Jeremiah chapter 6 and 7 last week. So I'll just quickly talk on from um, Jeremiah chapter 6. Uh, verse 18 says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroad and look. And look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. Praise the Lord. This is very important for us as Christians. We must not compromise our faith. We must go back to the Word of God. Society, politics, nothing should change our perception of God. If we look at Malachi chapter six, verse um, chapter three, verse six, it says, "God is the Lord; He does not change." If we look at Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse eight, it says. Jesus Christ is same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So the word of God is not subject to change. If the word of God has condemned sin in the past, the same stands for our day and our age. We should simply follow God's word. Here in this chapter, the Israelites, they were rebellious to God's word. God said in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 to 14, if you take heed to all my words, then the blessings from verses 1 to 14 will follow you. But if you do not take heed, if you look at from verses 15 to verses 68, there are all kind of curses you can think of. All kind of diseases that is, that is happening today you can think of. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so in summary, it pays for us to follow the ancient old ways and make sure we diligently pay attention to God's word. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Uh, my contribution is from Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 16. Um, the reason why I want to contribute this is that there are so many lessons we need to learn from that. And if you flash back to Jeremiah 7, 6 to 11, we saw that God Almighty said the people of Judah did. And now God was really angry with them. And he told them in Jeremiah 7, 16, that so do not pray for these people, nor offer any plea or petition for them. Do not plead with me, for I will not listen to you. So we can see, like I said, all they did there in the previous verses, 6 to 11. So my, my, my contribution is that we should not come to a stage that God Almighty will tell those who love us or those who really love God that they should not pray for us that he will not hear. Because God himself even promised us in Jeremiah 29, verses 12 to 14, that if you come to me, I will, I will answer you, that we should seek him with all our hearts and with all our minds, 
up to verse it, up to verses 14, 12 to 14. So may that be our own portion and not the portion that God Almighty will say you will not hear us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And again, my the lesson I learned again is that okay, sorry. I think the message in that scripture is this that a person can become a child of God who leaves God into rebellion can come to a place where God will not hear him again. That's the major lesson. And we mustn't you mustn't miss that. God says so it he said to Jeremiah, Do not pray for them, I will not hear. So the lesson in it is that a believer who leaves God can continue in wickedness to the place where no matter how much anybody prays for them, God will not answer. So the next person is verse 16, chapter 7. Can I say this to us? Whenever you share the word of God, you don't need to read many scriptures. You don't need it. What you want is, if you read a scripture, get the message across. Alright? There is no credit in quoting many scriptures. If you quote many scriptures, the first scripture you read, get the message across first. After that message has been cut across, you may now validate the same message with other scriptures relating to the same message. So, have that attitude. You don't have to tell us three things, four things. No. One, so that others can, can you know, contribute.
in, in Matthew, sorry, in John, where Jesus actually destroyed the temple. John chapter 2, verses 13 to 16, he destroyed the temple because of such practices in the church. So what I learned is that there is no compromise with God. It is all or nothing. God is seeking true worshipers, the one that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Nothing is hidden from the eyes of God, Jeremiah 11, sorry, 7, 11. God warns us before punishment commences, Jeremiah 7, 11. And a friendship or a partnership with the world is enmity with God, James 4, 4. Praise the Lord. My contribution is taken from Jeremiah 7, verses 5 to 7, which reads, And if you will really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your heart, then I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your ancestors forever. And what I got from this is that um, as Christians... Even though we might be like going to church every single day or like praying all the time, um, sometimes we should like not forget about um, neglecting the people even in the church and outside the church. And Jeremiah in his sermon at the gates of the temple condemned the Israelites because even though they were there at the temple every single day, as long, uh, along with the sin of idol worship, they neglected the poor and the, like the widows and the orphans and those who really needed their help. And so um, even though the Israelites saw it as just social work, it, this was a great sin before the eyes of God. And in our everyday lives, we see that Genesis 1, 26 and 27 tells us that um, God created us all in his own image. And throughout the rest of the Bible, we've seen uh, numerous examples of how God believes that when we sin against uh, people, like it's just the same thing as sinning against God in his point of view. So um, in our everyday lives, we should continue to pray that God will strengthen us, that we will not fall into the same sin that the Israelites fell into, which was neglect of their, like, the people around them. You will see that all what was happening in Jeremiah's time is exactly what is happening in our own days today. There is one part of the scripture I'm trying to look here. It talks about the attitude of the priests and the attitude of the people. I want to see if I can read it. How the priests deceive people. And you can see today in the church of God, the, people, the priests deceive the people and tell them to do wrong things. So in Jeremiah's time, God actually asked Jeremiah to confront this type of uh, attitude that was in the church. Which one is that again? 531. I want us to quickly go there. Put it on the screen so that when we read the Bible, we'll be able to see all what is happening in the body, uh, all what has happened before that we have to learn from. So let us take this very strictly and be able to uh, help us. Yes. Yes, 530. 30, no, in 5.26 to 29, before we go to that 5.30, it talks about the sin of the people. Greed and selfishness. As children of God, as members, 
brothers and sisters in the household of faith. All these things that were happening to the people of old, we must make sure that they don't happen to us. In that 526 to 29, <coughs> I read it. He said, among my people are the wicked who lie in wait like men who snare birds and like those who set traps to catch people. The wickedness of the people. God asked Jeremiah to go and uh, talk to them. Like cages full of birds, their houses are full of deceit. It's happening in the church of God today. The Lord Almighty will help us to turn the table of the money changers around in Jesus' name. They have become rich and powerful. And they have grown fat and sleek. Their evil deeds have no limit. They do not seek justice. They do not promote the case of the fatherless. They do not defend the just cause of the poor. Should I not punish them for this? Declares the Lord. Should I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? All this attitude, wickedness of the people, may, may it not uh, come upon us in Jesus' name. And paradventure, any one of us see ourselves in this type of misbehaving like this. Let us just repent and come fully to God. And in that 5:30 to 31, he also talked about the sin of the prophet and the priest. As we have the sin of members of people in the church, we also have the sin provoked by prophet and the priest. It's a horrible and shocking thing has happened in the land. The prophet prophesied what? Lies. And this you can see in the life of many church leaders. They only preach what their belly they want to eat. They tell them fake things. They preach lies. The priests rule by their own authority. And my people love it this way. You understand? It's happening by their own authority, deceiving the people. Tell them God say when God is not saying anything. But he said the people love it that way. May the Lord help us. Say, my people love it this way. But what will you do in the end? That is a question that is being given to us. But here we have the privilege of being taught the right thing. Let us follow the right thing that we are taught. And if you look at that chapter 6, God himself won the clan of Jeremiah. He said they should run to save their souls. Say, raise the signal over Beth uh, Akram. I don't know how to pronounce it properly. For disaster looms out of the north. Who can tell me that disaster that is looming from the north? Where can we see it in the Bible? Jeremiah chapter 1, yes? So that is chapter 1. You can write it down from verse 13 to 19. When God told Jeremiah, he said, this disaster is going to come from the north. And how did he describe that disaster? The boiling, boiling pot. If he won them. And when it, it came to pass, he now, he, now, he now called the attention again to it. He said, for disaster looms out of the north. Even terrible destruction. He warning them. I will destroy daughter Zion. So beautiful and delicate. Shepherds with their flocks will come against her. 
they would pitch their tents around her, each tending his own portion. Prepare for the battle against, against her. Arise, let us attack at noon. You know, God is a God of love. He was even pre-warning a particular tribe among the people there. So disaster actually will come, but may he heed warning in the name of Jesus. And how did he explain further again here? I say, in that verse 8, he said, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Cut down the trees. Build sage rams against Jerusalem. He said the city must be punished. Why must the city be punished? Whatever they do, still, the punishment will still come upon them. He began to talk about the reason for their punishment. It is filled with oppression. Is that not happening in our day today? But instead of wrath, may the Lord have mercy. As a well pours out its water, so she pours out her wickedness. In other words, the city is filled with wickedness. Is it not happening in our day today? I want us to take heed of all these things so that we can know how we can operate in this our world today. He said, violence and destruction resound in her. Her sickness and wounds are ever before me. Take warning, Jerusalem, or I will turn away from you and make your land desolate so no one can live in it. May that not be a portion. May God not make our land desolate. Instead of wrath, God himself should have mercy. Just call our attention to all this and the what he talked about the regnant, the faithfulness of God. I want us to underline this so that we can revisit it. In the midst of disaster, God still remember the faithful. And in that verse, uh, verse 9, he said, this is what the Lord Almighty says, let them glean the remnant of Israel as thoroughly as a vine. Pass your hand over the, 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 the branches again like one gathering grapes. In whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed, so they cannot hear. They cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. But I am full of the wrath of the Lord, and I cannot hold it forth. Pour it out on the children in the streets, and on the young men gathering together, both husbands and wives, with, will be caught in it. And the old, those weighed down with years, their houses will be turned over to others, together with their, uh, with their fields and their wives, when I stretch out my hands against those who live in the land. You know, God is saying that in the midst of all this disaster, there are some that he has mentioned to be the faithful ones. Those are the ones that will not be punished. He says in that verse 13, from the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike, all practice what? Deceit. We will be very careful about this. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace. These are the things. They're telling them there is peace when there is no peace. There was no peace. They say, when they, they say, when there is no peace, are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No. 
they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when I punish them. May that not be our portion. May we take heed to the, to the voice of God. And it shall be well with us. In Jesus' name. Because in the midst of wickedness, the disaster of the Lord comes upon the people. And this morning, uh, this evening, sorry. <laughs> this evening we are going to go to chapter 8. Amen. In that chapter 8, God began to also use Jeremiah to talk to his people. And he says in verse 1, At that time, declares the Lord, the bones of the king, an official of Judah, the bones of the priest and the prophet, and the bones of the people of Jerusalem will be removed. That is, the mercy of God will not be any longer. All these people that have served foreign gods, he said their bones will be warred will be removed from their graves. They will be exposed to the sun and the moon. These are the gods that they believe in. And all the stars of the heavens which they have loved and served and which they have followed and consulted and worshipped. They will not be gathered up uh, or buried because this, this is what they value. Maybe when they are dead, die in those days, they gather their bones together and they, and they worship their God. They expose them and cover them and worship their God. But God said, even this God that you believe in, I'm going to, I'm going to make you useless before this God. And that is the punishment of the Lord that was coming upon the people. So because you consult all this God, you worship this God, I'm going to make you useless before all these gods. He said, they will not be gathered up or buried, but will be like dung lying on the ground. Wherever I banish them, all the survivors of this evil nation will prefer death to life, declares the Lord Almighty. May we not come under the punishment of the Lord in the name of God. Because of the way they have been serving God. God says these people, they can never be saved. Because of the God they have believed in, when they die, he's going to make, them, he's going to make a public show of them. May that not be a portion in the name of Jesus. If you have to serve God, let us serve God. Let us not serve any other idol. Because God, in the end, is only the faithful. We must always have that in mind that is going to save. But for the ones that are worshipping idols, it's going to make a public show of them. And that is what we have seen in that, the beginning of chapter 8. Then he began to talk about the sin and the punishment that he's going to give to the people. Say so to them. This is what the Lord Almighty says. When people fall down, do they not get up? When someone turns away, do they not return? Why then have these people turned away? Why does Jerusalem always turn away? They cling to their deceit. You know, God is using lifestyle in this place just to describe to us that little, little things that we look and we ignore. When people fall, they get up, isn't it? You don't want to get into your falling up <coughs> forever like that. Say when someone turns, uh, he said, why then did those people turn away? Why, why does Jerusalem always turn away? They cling to deceit. Deception is another thing that is very terrible. God is exposing to us simple, simple things that have happened in life. Where people fall, they get up. But why is it that our God's own people, when they fall, 
they want to die in their own sin. When they backslide, pride will not let them come up from their backsliding state. Why is it that they even love to, to do bad things to God, be offensive to God at all times? Instead of that, God is calling them. God said, do your sins be as red as scarlet, they shall be as white as Come back, come home. God is calling. But in the normal lifestyle that God is describing to these people here, he said when they fall, they want to get up, they don't want to be buried under their falling. But why is it that when my people sin, when my people fall, pride will not let them come back. They will just feel, uh, you just fall forever. So if you can get up in the things of man, in simple lifestyle, when you fall, why is it that in God, when you make mistakes, you cannot come back to God, to, 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 to beg God? You let pride take you over. That is what God is saying here. But may we listen to what God is saying. May we not cling to our old way of lifestyle so that we will be, uh, will be led by deception and not come back to God. He said they refused to return. He said, I have listened attentively, but they do not say what is right. None of them repent of their wickedness, saying, what have I done? Each pursued their own cause like a horse charging into the battle. Even the stock, God is likening them to birds of the air now. Even the stock in the sky knows our appointed seasons. And the dove, the swift and the trush observe the time of their migration. But my people do not know the requirements of the Lord. He's not comparing them to, even when you talk of uh, the, the book of Psalm 19, he talks about heaven declares the glory of the Lord. When God says, sun, come in the morning, they come in the morning. When God says, moon, come in the night, they come in the night. All these things that God created, they obey God's voice. Even the birds in the air, they know when to gather. They know the season to fly to a particular place. They know the season not to... So God was comparing them to all these things. Why is it that he's my own people that have created in my own image that are making things difficult for themselves? He said, but my people do not know the requirements of the Lord. May we know the requirements of the Lord. We have been taught everything about God. Let us not take God for granted. He said, all these other things obey me. All these other uh, animals that I've created, they carry my word out as I've instructed them. He said, but my own people... May we not be those people that will not take it to do God's, God's wish. So how can you say we are wise? For we have the law of the Lord. Well, actually, the lying pen of the scribes has handled it falsely. Do you understand? It's the priest that we are talking about here. It's the scribe that we are talking about. We have the law. But the priest or the scribes, that's the one that are turning the law around. Those people that profess to know God, they are the ones that are treating God falsely, has handled it falsely. The wise will be put to shame. They will be dismayed and trapped since they have rejected the words of the Lord. May we not twist the word of God to suit our own mind, our own lifestyle in Jesus' name. We are, but we profess we have wisdom. I understand. I know what the Bible is talking about. But you don't know what the Bible is talking about because we are obeying the Bible in a very wrong way. He says, since they have rejected the word of the law, what kind of wisdom do they have? Therefore, I will give their wives 
to other men. And their fees to new owners, from the least to the greatest. May you not see the punishment of God while we are in the land of the living in this way. Say, all greedy for gain, prophet and priest alike. You can see this has been a continual thing in these scriptures. People that are supposed to be leading the people, they are the people that are doing the worst thing. And then other people are following them. May God grant us grace so that we can be able to do the right thing in God. Say, prophet and priest alike, all practice deceit. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. They take serious things to be unserious. That is what he meant by dressing the wound of the people. You have a cut, you have a wound. Instead of plastering it and don't let germs uh, uh, or anything comes into it, but you keep on petting it. Until the thing, you see, guy grain that they call that, uh, will come on it and uh, it, it will turn to another thing. The infection will come on it, yes, that's the word I, I want to use. And when infection comes on such wound, then it gets into trouble. It's like covering people's sin. That is what he's trying to talk here. The sin of the people. You cover it, say, no, you don't sin. Instead of telling them, this is paid, you call it spade. Telling them, this is the truth, you tell them lies. And when this continues to be, they continue to <coughs> be put to shame. May we learn not live under deceit or practice deceit, even in the kingdom in Jesus' name. Say, peace, peace, they say. Where there is no peace. These are part of the things. In the midst of terrible situations, they keep on saying, it is well with you. When it is not well with the people, the people are stealing, the people are doing evil things. But every time I tell them that it's okay, there is no worries, there is no problem. But there is a problem, you should sort it out. You have to liken this to a mother and a father. You are raising children in the house. And you know your children are stealing. But you keep on covering their sin. You keep on covering until they go to do the big robbery. When the big robbery comes, there is nothing you can do about it anymore. So what God is trying to say here is that even as priests in our homes, as priests in the church, we must make sure that we lead God's people correctly. And it shall be well with us. In Jesus' name. He says, are they, ash are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? They are not ashamed. No. They have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when they are punished. May that not be a portion in Jesus' name. They are not ashamed of their conduct. They are not ashamed of their uh, uh, deception, deceiving the people, telling lies, and turning things around. They are not ashamed about it. So, but God said, because of this, they will punish. May we not stand under the wrath of God, but may we repent in the name of Jesus. So that we take away their harvest. Look, he began to mention what will happen to the people because of their unfaithfulness. He said, I will take away their harvest. There will be no grapes on the vine. Hey. <laughs> May that not be a portion in the name of Jesus. Say, declares the Lord. Because when God speaks, it, it, it comes to pass. These are part of God's judgment that is coming upon the people. Remember, I said, judgment is coming from the north. God revealed it to Jeremiah in form of a boiling pot. And in this judgment, these are part of the things that God said we take. He said we take away the harvest. Ha. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. When they walk, they will not have enough to eat, but they will be walking. That is what he's talking about. He said there will be no grapes on the vine. No harvest. Because if there is no grapes, you cannot harvest anything. 
And he says here, there will be no feed on the trees. How is he going to take farmers will not have anything to produce for the community. And their leaves will wither. What I have given them will be taken from them. Why are we sitting here gathered together? Let us flee to the fortified cities and perish there. Would that not be a portion? It's talking about the time of frustration that is coming upon the people. When you have to leave a city to go and perish somewhere. You know, it's a type of frustration. People are getting frustrated and even in our, in our own time today. They are leaving their comfortable zone to an uncomfortable zone where they kill themselves. People committing suicide. People doing all these things. It's a pity that some of them might be believers. People leaving their homes and families and they will just go and be suffering like prodigal people. May that not be a portion in the name of Jesus. Say, for the Lord our God has doomed us to perish and given us poisoned water to drink because we have sinned against him. We hope for peace, but no good has come. Look at the war affected area. Look at what is happening to these people there. Instead of mercy. Instead of wrath, may God have mercy. That we hope for peace, but no good has come. For a time of healing, but there is only terror. Is that not what is happening to people on the war zone? That's the reason. For that reason, we have to pray more. That the peace of God will agitate them like never before. People that have had enough to eat before. Now we have to wait for people to be bringing food through helicopter. So these are some of the things that the Bible is talking about. Because of the sin of the people, may we not bring ourselves to such a torment in the name of Jesus. Say, for the time of healing, but there is only terror. The snooting of the enemy horses is heard from down. As the neighing uh, uh, of their stallions, the whole land trembles. They, this is a time of battle now. He said, they have come to devour the land and everything in it, the city and all who live there. See, I will send venomous snakes among you, vipers that cannot be charmed, and they will bite you. They will not come under the wrath of God. Because it's God that is declaring this. God is sent Jeremiah to go and be telling his people all these things. You know, I said to you, Jeremiah is sent an assignment, dangerous assignment. Go and tell people that God is going to send snake to bite you. You know that kind of a thing? It's a big assignment. And with boldness, he was able to declare it to the people. As we are also hearing, if there is anything that we are doing that will cause God to, 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 God to come upon us, May we come out of them in Jesus' name. For that's what I can pick from these scriptures. He said, you who are comfort, uh, you, uh, you who are my comforter in sorrow, my heart is faint within me. Listen to the cry of my people from a land far away. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is our king no longer there? Looking at that verse 18 to 19. Why have they aroused my anger with their images, with their worthless foreign idols? The harvest is past. You can see in that verse 18 to 19, Jeremiah was pleading with God to save his people. Look at the question. He said, you who are my comforter in sorrow, my heart is faint within me. 
Listen to the cry of my people from a land far away. Is the Lord not in Zion? Are you no more with us, God? Is a king no longer there? Why have they aroused my anger with their images, with their worthless foreign idols? These are the sins of the people. The harvest is past. The summer has ended, and we are not saved. Since my people are crushed, I am crushed. And see the heart of the man of God. This is a very key scripture. Since my people are crushed, he cried to the Lord, pleading with God to save his people in that 8, 18 to 19. He said, 21, since my people are crushed, I am crushed. I mourn, and horror grieves me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there, why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? Oh, that my head were a spring of water, and my eyes a fountain of tears. I will weep day and night for the slain of my people. That takes us to chapter 9, and I rest my case here. When we come, we will continue with that chapter 9. Amen. Because anything we do, we have to do quick. You know, it began, when you look at that chapter 9, because I've read it ahead, it began to talk about the deception of the people. It talks about God's punishment that is coming upon the people in that same chapter 9. When next we come, I want you to read it and understand it, and then we'll be able to uh, develop it next week by the grace of God. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. What I just see here is that the, in the time of Jeremiah, the people of today are just exactly like that time of Jeremiah. And God is pleading. He's sending his prophet to us. Thank God that we, as members of this church, we didn't go under prophets that are deceiving us. To come under prophets, to come under priests, to come under teachers that are not deceiving us, but they are telling us the truth. I want us to walk by this truth so that the punishment of God will not come upon us. Anyone that did not walk in the truth that we hear will stay under the punishment of God. That's why you see outside there, a lot of people are suffering. But we have been pre-warned in this church many years ago, about two years, that instead of uh, famine, we are going to have plenty because we have the truth. Psalm 37 verse 19. He said we are going to have plenty because we are under the truth. And I see this our own time, like the time of Jeremiah. God sent Jeremiah to the people, go and warn the people, go and warn the people. Yet they will not listen. Because they will not listen, the wrath of God come upon them. But for the faithful, the wrath of God will not come upon, us, upon them. So I want us to be faithful in everything that we do, so that the wrath of God will not come upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.